Nice, I got the dance party and everything. Good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Tom Hall. I am one of the elders here. I am not the pastor. Please do not make that mistake. Um, pastor asked me to speak um, on this particular Sunday probably over a month ago. And clearly I was not paying attention to the calendar because the last 10 days have been really rough on me. So if I am a scattered mess, I ask that you would forgive me. Secondly, Katie Joe, I we could just say amen and go home. Um, bless my heart. Thank you for, yeah, sharing. That takes a lot of, yeah, guts to share deeply like that. I've done it. It's not fun, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, shout out to Mr. Joe Barker. Uh, uh, he and I got together earlier this week when um, he got back from California and he was saying, okay, I got this and that going on, but I don't have a job yet. And I'm like, hey, here's the thing. There's lots of stuff down here that I'd like to see taken care of. We need to clean out some equipment and clean up some wiring and stuff like that. And he was like, okay, cool. Why don't you come down and we'll look at it and we'll see what we can do. And the two of us came down and ripped out a whole bunch of wiring and cleaned a bunch of equipment out. And then when we were just about done, it was really obvious that the light board was upset and then the lights would come on and we couldn't control anything and I was losing my mind and Joe I handed him the manual for the light system and, and ran away ran away I had work to do the next day and so I was texting him how's it going well I figured out enough to make the to throw a breaker and we get some lights on I'm like okay cool you're a genius and then he figured out the whole thing and now he's got it all down pat he is the man okay all that is awesome so hey look technology so far is cooperating. <laughs> Mark, I love you, man. Thank you for being my heckler. The designated heckler, Mark Getty. Okay. Let's pray first and see if we can make some sense out of this. Father God, I am uh, deeply honored uh, to be representing you this morning. Lord, it is a heavy weight to... Um, handle your word uh, to your people. And I just pray, Lord, once more that you would fix whatever I say before they hear it. Lord, would your word go forth this morning? Would you touch the hearts that you want to reach? And may you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, I need to thank Doc for setting me up really good last week. Did you do great? Yes. Okay, what was the point? Yes. Thanks, Terry. That was, that was good applause there. <laughs> what was the point? Use your unrighteous for good works. Okay, very good. So he set me up really well, making the point you can't serve God and money, correct? Or stuff. I like the, the stuff. That's a better um, translation of what the word mammon means, which I appreciate that because I'm a New American Standard guy, and it says mammon stuff. Yeah. So, treasure in heaven is far more durable 
and has a far higher ROI, for those of you investment ner nerds, a higher ROI than any other investment medium we could choose. Amen? Amen. Okay. Starting from there, I want to point out two things. Number one, the Sermon on the Mount that we've been in for months is not a series of sermons. It was a sermon. Right? So when Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount, there were no verse numbers. Those little um, thought headings that you see in there that they break it up, they weren't in there. When Matthew wrote down what he heard Jesus say, he didn't have all that stuff there. And so it's meant to be taken as a whole and understood holistically with the rest of the scriptures in context. So let's read this passage again. Get used to it because you're going to hear this passage a whole bunch of times. Oh, man, it's working. I love it. Okay. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is, that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's where Doc ended last week. However, it continues. What's the very next word? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value, of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now we have a complete thought. A thought section in the middle of the larger sermon. So the first thing we need to do is pay attention to the therefore. What's the old Bible study thing we learned? When you see the word therefore, you need to find out what it's there for exactly. So the first section he talks about 
You cannot lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven. Can't serve God in money. Therefore, don't worry about, right? You can't serve two masters. Jesus follows up with even more examples and of a much more basic need for our survival. How many of you have ever had survival training? There's a few of us. Okay, what are, what are the basic needs? Water. Shelter. Shelter. Water. Water. Food. Food. Clothing. Clothing. Very good. Food, shelter, clothing, water. All of those things are absolutely necessary to survival. So if he was first talking about treasure and laying up treasure, what do you think he was, who, who, is, who was listening and going, oh, well, you know what? I don't have a lot of treasure, so I'm good. Right? Anybody have that thought? No problem. Got no treasure. Right? Um, and then he goes down and he says, mammon, stuff. Uh, I got a little stuff, but I don't think I'm serving my stuff. Are you serving your stuff? Um, sometimes I have to wonder. I have to check myself because um, my business is making cars shiny and as looking as new as possible. And one of my favorite things in the world is cars, trucks, boats, motorcycles things that go. And so I'm spending a lot of my days cleaning them and making them look as pretty as possible. And I have to check myself and go, wait a minute, am I serving this thing or am I serving the owner of this thing? Most of the time I'm serving the owner of this thing, but every now and then I have to check myself. So how many of you, when you heard that last part about don't be anxious for tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough trouble for itself, heard Bobby McFerrin in your head? Don't worry, be happy. How many, how many remember that song? Come on. Okay, thank you. Because it's been going through my head all week long. Don't worry, be happy. Is that what Jesus is saying? Don't worry, be happy. Don't... Uh, don't worry, live in the moment, chill out, relax, don't have a savings account, don't have an IRA, don't plan ahead, don't meal prep, don't do all the things, don't worry about it at all because God's got it covered. Is that what he's saying? No? You don't think so? Cool. Because he's not. Let's begin to look at what the passage as a whole says and how it lines up with the rest of Scripture. Couple of ones right off the bat. Is God a planner? Yes, God is a planner. Here's just a couple of examples about what the Bible says about planning ahead. First off, Isaiah says that God's plans were made way ahead of his days and they're wonderful. Right? In Jeremiah, I know you can all read that. Uh, God himself says that he's made plans for the nation of Israel and that they are good. So God himself makes plans. I had, yeah, had a mentor, his name is D. Duke, and he was all about planning and goals and really planning ahead. And he did a whole study on God's plans in the Bible, and it's, it's amazing. Look it up. God himself makes plans. And some of the subjects in this passage line up with some other contrary passages in the scriptures. 
So let's take a quick look and see what we see. Okay. Matthew 25 26 says, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In Proverbs it says, Go to the ant, you slugger. I just messed that up, didn't I? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Did I get it back? No. Okay. Hang on. Got it. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Wow. Jesus says not to worry about what we're going to eat because God feeds the birds of the air, and they are, aren't we more important to him than they are? But in Proverbs we're told, hey, plan ahead, put stuff away because winter's going to come and you're not going to have anything to eat. So, don't worry, but plan ahead. What does this look like? Okay. I know, that's a whole bunch. Now, it says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? What you see on the other side there is Exodus chapter 28 where God goes into incredible excruciating detail about the clothing that Aaron was supposed to wear when he was ministering before the Lord. Have you read these? Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of reading through the Bible every year is going through where God talks about the tabernacle and the clothing of the priests and all of the different things like the incense and how the, the sacrifices are done and all that because it tells me that God cares about the details. He cares about craftsmanship, cares about beauty, cares about how things look and how things smell and that I love that, that God cares about a lot of the same things that I really like to see. So, what are we missing here? Because we seem to be getting two different messages. What do you think? You name all these guys? You know them? What do they have in common? Okay, Steve Jobs. What's he wearing? Turtleneck and jeans and New Balance shoes, which he wore every single day. Same thing every day. The next guy, Mark Zuckerberg. Gray t-shirt, jeans, either a blue or a black hoodie. Every single day. Barack Obama, two colors of suits, either a dark blue, navy, 
wore black and pretty much the same color tie every single day. Who's the last guy? Einstein. Albert Einstein. Um, I don't have nearly as much fashion information on him other than he wore pretty much the same thing every day. Now, how does this fit in here? Um, I can tell you that I get out of bed in the morning and if I don't have to think about what to wear, it, it takes a load off my mind. And so, you know, my work shirt with my company logo on it and my jeans and my boots and I'm good to go. I don't have to think about it. I'm not using up valuable brain energy thinking about what am I going to wear today. Now this morning was a little different because I felt like I needed to look the part for you all just a little bit so you would listen to me and I, maybe I would look smarter. Alicia said I looked smarter this morning, so. Um, Let's look at the passage again and see if we can find some kind of a pattern here. I highlighted some things for you, some key words that maybe we can get a little clearer picture of what Jesus was getting at. What do you see? The red words were when he said, don't do something, and the teal you probably can't read. Anxious. Don't be 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 anxious. Are you seeing a pattern? What's he talking about? Being anxious. Is that different than thinking ahead and making a plan? Okay. So if we're anxious about something, how do we feel? Anxious. Characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding about some contingency. Worried. Characterized by and resulting from or causing anxiety. Worrying. So this is different than making a plan and planning ahead, correct? So if you are anxious about things like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I gonna drink? All that, I kinda got a little bit of a firsthand thing of that. 10 days ago I had oral surgery and they ripped a big part of my face apart and did bone grafts and all kinds of fun stuff. And I could only have liquids and extremely soft foods. And I was a little anxious about it. Um, by the way, don't ever preach on a passage that you don't want to live because um, God will make sure that you get all the object lessons you could possibly want. Um, so I was really seriously concerned about what am I going to eat and, and okay, you know, can I have my coffee? I got to have my coffee, doc. Amen. Coffee, amen. Got to have it. Um, when we're anxious about something, whether it is our treasure or our stuff or our daily needs of food, shelter, and clothing, it gives us tunnel vision. Are you with me? takes our focus off of everything else and our focus tunnels down to where you can only see one thing. 
What is that? Me. What about my needs? My wife is laughing because she knows the reference. What about me? What about my needs? I need my needs fulfilled. And you can either take your treasure that you have put aside and use that to insulate you from your needs. No problem. I got it covered. I got enough in the bank. I got my IRA going. I can retire. My tax guy says I've got all the stuff together and I don't need to worry about anything because I got enough treasure in the bank to make it happen, no matter what happens. Some of us are on the other end of that scale where we don't know where the next meal is coming from, whether or not we can pay our rent, whether or not there's enough money to take care of medical issues or whatever, or whether or not we're ever going to be able to retire. Either end of that, our focus is me, right? And not only can we not serve God and stuff, we can't serve God and ourselves. We can't maintain a split focus. You ever try to look at two things at once? Uh, I have an ADD brain and I still have trouble looking at two things at once. Trying to, trying to pay attention to everything all at the same time, which is kind of how I felt this morning when I was trying to uh, get ready to do this. We can't serve God and money. We can't have a split focus. What does Jesus say we should do? Seek first. That's number one. Remember the book way back when, looking out for number one? Mm, not a good idea. Unless number one is Jesus, right? Okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. What are all these things? All the stuff he's been talking about, right? You will have your daily needs met if you focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, does that sound a little too simplistic? Don't worry, be happy, right? I hear him again, Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry, be happy. Um... Let's see if we can put a little bit more meat behind this, just a little bit. Um, what are the priorities of God's kingdom? Last week, Doc asked Steve Markell. He called him out. Steve, are you still here? Okay. What are the things that are eternal? The souls of men and the word of God. So when we are seeking God's kingdom first, what are we taking care of? The souls of men and the word of God. Okay. What should our priorities be? Should we put more thought and time into our investment accounts and retirement accounts or knowledge of the word of God? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a rhetorical question. Do we spend more time and energy on our stuff than on the souls of the people that God has surrounded us with? My mother, wonderful saint of God, well, at least after her conversion, before that she swore and drank and, yeah, like a sailor. And, but when she had a radical conversion, awesome, changed overnight. My mother was a changed person. And my mother poured her life into the women of the church. From the teenage girls 
to the ladies who are more mature. She poured her life into them and she drummed into my head. The only thing worthwhile to invest in in this life is people. Because you know what's going to be there for us at the end of all this when everything else is wiped away? People. We're going to be in heaven with people. God cares about people. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, that's people, should not perish but have everlasting life. We've been here in the Sermon on the Mount for months, and we've heard and will hear Jesus telling us that obeying the letter of the law and focusing on outward appearances is not good enough. That's really hard because we want to know the rules. Tell me the rules, I will follow it, right? Well, maybe not these days so much, but <laughs> that's how I always work. Well, in fact, I like to find, okay, how can I follow the letter of the law but get to do what I want anyway? That was where I was at. His righteousness starts at a heart level. God's way more concerned about your heart than he is about your pocketbook, what you're wearing, or whether or not you check all the boxes. He wants your heart. And it's people's hearts that he is concerned about. When we set out to serve God, it starts by serving his people. When we start to please God, it's, he wants us to know his word and what he has to say to us today. It's our hearts and our minds that he is more concerned about. The kingdom of God is concerned with the souls of men. Is that a little bit crazy for you? Because it's crazy for me. All my outward appearances, my checking the boxes to make sure I get everything right, it's not good enough. God wants a relationship with me. He wants me to talk to him through the day. He wants me to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness by serving his people. Now, 22 years ago, um, my wife and I made the decision to go into full-time ministry which required us um, raising support, asking other people to send money so that we could do what God was calling me to do. Which was really hard for me because from the time I was about 12 years old, everything I'd ever gotten, I got with my own two hands. And the idea of asking someone else to support what I was doing following God just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I can tell you that when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. I quit my job when our support level was not good enough. And in fact, the leadership was telling me you shouldn't do that yet. And in the first six months of me working that year, I had been doing my job. I made twice the amount of money that we had come in in the second six months of the year. And for the next couple of years after that. On paper, we never should have made it. And somehow, 
the bills got paid. Wasn't paying attention to how they got paid. I'm not a numbers guy, I hate numbers. Um, yeah, the Budget and Finance Committee will tell you that I don't like numbers. They dance around on the page, that's part of my ADD thing. I, I don't, tell me the big picture, I will understand that. I don't know how the bills got paid, but we did what God asked us to do. And all these things ratted onto us. Now, that's not saying, look what great faith I have. That's just an observation of how God is true to his promises. So, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And that sounds like investing in knowing his word and loving his people and serving them. And I'm just going to leave this right here. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you for your word that it's living and it's active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, it comforts and it convicts. It points out all of our flaws and comforts our sorrows. Lord, we love you. We want to do what you want us to do. So Lord, help us to take this to heart. Help us to open our hearts to you and not just our outward actions and appearances and checklists. Lord, help us to function every day in wondering who you want us to serve, how you want us to uphold your kingdom, to advance your kingdom, to love others more than we love ourselves. Father, I thank you for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.